0: You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at rumblingscom and host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. It's the week of the 2020 NFL Draft, and while the Bills don't have a first-round pick, they're certainly going to be making some picks this week and probably making some waves with some trades. So we're taking your questions right now. 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us buffalorumlings at sbnation.com. Facebook messages, Instagram messages, you can leave comments in the comments section of our articles at buffalorumlings.com. There's just a ton of ways to get in touch and ask your questions following Bill's picks this week for next week's episode and every episode beyond that as the NFL continues to navigate this very uncharted off-season. There's no shortage of questions or uncertainty this week, so let's get to all your Bills questions right now. The question we've been getting a lot since our last episode is about trading for uh, Jag- Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette uh, He was a former first round pick Of the Jaguars He's a very talented running back And of course the Bills have a need at running back Maybe not number one running back Which Fournette would likely be But they have a need at running back And a lot of people are thinking they're going to use their second round pick Or their third round pick To select that running back to be a complementary player To Devin Singletary Who they took in the third round last year um, on Sunday, I wrote an article with four pros and cons of adding uh, Leonard Fournette to the Bills. And so I'm just going to go through those right now. He certainly is young and talented. He is a downhill runner. He would fit the style that the Bills are looking for. Uh, he would you know, take over that Frank Gore role, but hopefully do it a little bit better uh, than Gore did last year. Um, plus, he has the ability to... I don't know, break him off a little bit better than Gore does or did last year. He's been in the NFL, and with the coronavirus-shortened offseason this year, or virtual offseason, uh, having a guy that's been there and done that will, will be beneficial. We saw that with the Stefan Diggs trade, where they went with an established wide receiver instead of a guy who would have to learn all the ropes. And finally, it's just a short-term deal. If the Bills uh, did add Fournette, he only has one year left on his rookie contract. Uh, if it doesn't work out, they can get rid of him after the season and maybe get a compensatory pick uh, in 2020 if he signs you know, a nice deal somewhere else. So those were the, pr- the pros for, for going after Leonard Fournette. The cons, uh, opportunity cost. They'd be trading an asset to get Fournette. And... You know, the Bills are already without their first-round pick. Uh, If they traded even like a fifth-round pick to get uh, Fournette, it's not a huge deal. But, you know, is he that much better than a fifth-round pick would be? And his salary cost is $4.2 million in 2020. That fifth-round pick that they're trading is going to cost less than $4.2 million for the entire contract that he signs. So you're not only um, out opportunity cost by trading away a draft pick but you're also out salary cost because you're paying an elevated level to your second running back uh is he process enough was the third bullet point i wrote under the cons He's been accused of falling asleep in team meetings. He's been accused of not following coaches or general managers or well, whatever you want to call it, Tom Coughlin down in Jacksonville, uh, executive vice president. He's been accused of not following directions. He recently openly campaigned for the Jaguars to sign Cam Newton, despite the fact that you know they already have a quarterback right now, um, and he wasn't supporting that quarterback. He was called out by Tom Coughlin. He's been called out by by coaches and. Yeah, it just it doesn't seem like a good process fit, and it's only a short-term deal. Now, I know I also said this for a pro, but as for the con, like is he part of the process going forward in the next two years for Josh Allen's growth and development over the next three, four, five years uh, as Josh Allen hits his stride, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, the prime of his career? do you want a guy that's going to be around then, or is that Devin Singletary, and you can just kind of keep filling this uh, other running back role? So there's four cons, four pros for going out and getting uh, Leonard Fournette, and none of them have anything to do with TJ Yeldon. Uh, It's just that Fournette is a more talented running back, in my opinion, a better north-south runner, uh, certainly can handle more of the load than I think TJ Yeldon can. And that's the question I'm getting a lot this week. Let's pivot towards questions that were sent in. And this one kind of dovetails with that. So we're going to go with Ron from New Mexico, who asks us, with no one biting on the Jaguars' attempts to trade Leonard Fournette and Yannick Ngakwe, what are the chances of them offloading the pair for a second-round pick? The Bills would need to clear $22 million in cap space for the pair, unless both of them or either of them could be signed to longer-term deals. I don't think it would cost the second round pick right now. Um, I wouldn't trade for Fournette for anything beyond, say, like a fifth round pick, like I said before. Uh, He just doesn't have, he only has one year left on his deal, and he has a bad reputation for being lazy. I don't see the market for him, especially at $4 million for one year. I don't see the market for him in a crowded group of running backs with talented running backs going to be had in the second and third round this year. As for Ngakwe, he got into a very public fight with one of his bosses on Twitter on, what was it, Sunday or Monday, and drove his price down, too. Plus, he's got a huge salary cap number. As you said, they would need to clear cap space in order to add Ngakwe. Now, they could do that by getting rid of Trent Murphy. Um, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about 2020. I'd be more worried about 2021 and 2022 when they have to re-sign guys like Tredavious White, Matt Milano, Deion Dawkins. Uh, eventually Josh Allen like they're going to need cap space to do that and signing Yannick Ngakwe is not going to help them or yeah because they if they traded for him they would have to sign him to you know a nice little contract extension that was very hefty so um so the the financials of it like you could get around it but it would certainly hinder their ability going forward um I wouldn't trade a second round pick I, well I <laughs> Let me rephrase that. I, I could trade a second-round pick for Ngakwe and Fournette um, just because it would solidify two of the biggest needs for the Bills. But that, that part of the reason that you have those picks is to talk about long-term salary cap management. You've already spent your first-round pick on a $12 million a year receiver in Stefan Diggs, which, while that's a bargain for him, it is not a bargain compared to the first-round pick salary cap number. And now you're going to take your second round pick and trade it for a guy who's going to make $20 million a year or something like that with Yannick Ngakwe. So for salary cap purposes, you're talking about a very hefty first and second round haul. And it isn't good for the long-term sustainability of the franchise to keep doing that over and over again. They could get away with it this year if they did it with Diggs and Ngakwe and Yeldon. But I'm not sure that it's a good long-term strategy. That's how you get into salary cap jail. Um, obviously we want all the talented players we can get but you also have to think about that long-term aspect of it so it would be an interesting scenario to get both of those guys for a second round pick fill two holes on your roster with talented and in in Ngakwe's case extremely talented players if they did that then they think that 2020 is the year they're going to the Super Bowl and I mean, it would certainly send a message to the rest of the league if they did that. It would say that our window is two years before Josh Allen hits you know, the, the, his next contract. And so they could certainly get away with it for a year or two, but it would be harder, longer term. They would have to have some sort of plan in place for what's going to happen with Dawkins, Milano, Trey White, and the rest of the free agents they're going to have to sign coming up. Thanks for the question, Ron, on Twitter over at Q and a Mike Galuska asks us a similar question, or at least a related question, when he asks us, are the Bills content with T.J. Yeldon, or should they grab someone in the middle rounds? I think they could be okay with T.J. Yeldon, but I don't think he's going to be the only running back that they go into training camp with opposite Devin Singletary. They'll either sign a free agent after the draft, or they will draft a player later this week. They know that they need to upgrade there or at least provide competition. The iron sharpens iron theory that Sean McDermott talks about a lot, bringing in as many players as possible that can play the role. Right now, it's Devin Singletary and TJ Yeldon as the only players that could play that role. And that doesn't breed the level of competition nor depth. I mean, think about if one of those guys goes down and gets hurt in the preseason. or um, They just don't have another... Viable running back and running back is such a difficult position to stay healthy at in the NFL. They're going to need to add probably two more guys this offseason still for them to be comfortable. I'm not comfortable with Christian Wade, I highly doubt they are with him playing only one year of organized football. They're going to need to add two more guys that can play running back. And yeah, I know I'm kind of like belittling Taiwan Jones here, but he was really brought in to play special teams. And if he's toting the rock on a regular basis, because the Bills are, you know, decimated by injuries at the running back position, that's not going to be a good look for the Bills, and it's not going to be a good look for the Bills' offense. So I can imagine them bringing in at least two more viable running backs, one in the draft and one free agent, or two in the draft, whatever it happens to be, over the course of the next month as they get ready for the offseason program to get those Iron Sharpens Iron players, the depth players, the solid depth players in there. And really provide Yeldon with a run for his money to even make the roster, just like they did last year. We weren't sure Yeldon was going to make the roster. Then they traded LeSean, or released LaShawn McCoy, and uh, Yeldon made the team. Uh, thanks for your question over on Twitter at Rumblings Q and A. That's what the word "and" spelled out in the middle.
0: You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Back to Twitter where B Mormon 2020 asks us, what's the precedent for having brothers on the same team? Does it add value and increase Diggs's position on Buffalo's draft board? Trayvon Diggs is a cornerback. Uh, he played at the University of Alabama. He is, you know, it's a position of need for the Bills. He's a good player there. And uh, he was asked about it last week on SportsCenter, and he said, it would be fun. You know, I'll play with him. I'll play against him. <laughs> kind of like, uh, not really a great quote, but he's he's trying to play both sides right now. I have no idea how concerned they are about Stefan Diggs and his commitment coming to Buffalo or anything like that. I mean, I, I wouldn't think they have a big one, but if they did, maybe bringing his brother to Buffalo would be a good way to get him in, you know, heavily invested and and wanting to stay. Um, I just don't see that in in this particular business. Um, I, I don't think he's going to move up or down their draft board based on his, his brother. I just don't see that as as a possibility, uh, he still could be on their draft board. Like I said, it's a position of need for the team at cornerback, so they could definitely take him. Of course, he would have to make it to Buffalo's pick in order to be Buffalo's pick, and there's Plenty of mock drafts out there that have him going in the mid to late first round and not even making it down to Buffalo. So, if he was able to slip down to Buffalo, it would probably be a very nice value pick and he would fit into Buffalo's uh, scheme very, very well. So, I mean, I'd be all for it. As far as uh, precedent for brothers playing on the same team, the McCourtney twins play on the Patriots right now. Uh, The Steelers have. Two Edmonds brothers, uh, with Tremaine Edmonds over on the Bills. There's two other brothers on the Steelers together right now. We've had Gronkowski's on the same team. We've we've had brothers on NFL teams before, and it's a really cool story when it happens. But to me, it's not a reason to go out and actually add a player over another player. I mean, it would certainly be you know one factor in a host of other factors. But I'm going with talent on the field above all else. 95% of the time Thanks for the question over at Q and a on Twitter Zen Clover 84 asks us What would be the going rate on trading Jerry Hughes and Levi Wallace? We should be thinking one to two years ahead Hughes is old and costs a lot of money and is not a true leader, whatever that means uh, He's good, not great Wallace is a weak link whose value isn't getting any higher and then he gives some trade compensation that's really high Uh, well Zen Clover 84 I think it's Josh Um, I don't think they should trade Jerry Hughes I think it would be very difficult to get an actual return on investment for Hughes let's take a look at some of the other pass rushers who were traded in the last year Michael Bennett was traded from the Patriots to the Dallas Cowboys for a 2021 seventh round pick Leonard Williams was traded for a third round pick but it's a little bit dicey whether he's an a defensive end or a defensive tackle he can fill a little bit of both spots on your roster the Seahawks sent the Texans a 2020 third round pick and a couple players for Jadevian Clowney so I don't think the Bills are going to be getting a third round pick for Jerry Hughes uh, in reality you're talking about you know a fifth round pick at best maybe sixth or seventh if they can even trade him so I don't think he's on the training block right now. And if you look at his salary for the 2020 season, they're only paying him $6.65 million in base salary. It's it's cheap. It's, it's not really a problem for him. They signed him to a contract extension last offseason. They want him as part of this team going forward. And I don't think pass rush is a place where you want to really mess around with the Bills right now. They need all the pass rush help they can get. He was a solid player in 2019. He brings an edge to this team that they don't really have anywhere else outside of maybe now Stephon Diggs. I really like what Jerry Hughes brings to the team on the field and off the field, and I don't really want to see them trade him, especially for a really low draft pick. Levi Wallace I don't think is worth very much in a trade either. Uh, He's a, a good player. I think he's, you know, an NFL player, but a year from now, he's going to be a restricted free agent, and I don't even know if I want to place the second-round tender on him. So I don't think that the Bills are going to get very much back for Levi Wallace either. Uh, they could probably get you know a late-round pick for him, but I think he's more valuable on the roster, and the Bills love collecting cornerbacks. They don't know what they're getting out of Josh Norman. They don't know what they're going to get out of EJ Gaines. So I don't know why you're going to trade Levi Wallace when you at least know what you're going to get out of him. So I see both of those players as... It's not quite untouchable. That's not the word I would use for them, but I don't think the bills are going to use them as part of trades. Now we did put together an article on players that we thought could be traded over the course of the next week as the bills go through uh, the 2020 NFL draft. Um, Ty and Secchi and Spencer long topped the list for Sean Murphy, who wrote the article for us in uh, If the Bills really like Ford at tackle, they just signed Daryl Williams to play tackle. He could be the veteran backup. Uh, I know Inseki can play on both sides, and you might want to have him for a training camp injury or something like that. But if they could use Ty Inseki to get um, something in return uh, over the course of the next week, you could see them trading him. Spencer Long, I think, is actually more likely uh, to be gone. The Bills... uh, have Quentin Spain, Mitch Morris, John Feliciano as their kind of starting trio. Uh, They just signed uh, another depth option. Uh, His name escapes me, but he came over from the Miami Dolphins and Indianapolis Colts, um, who's got starting experience and experience working with uh, the Buffalo Bills offensive line coach. So they have options in the interior, so I could see them flipping long for a late-round draft pick, almost like they did with Russell Bodine uh, last year. And then uh, Trent Murphy is the third one on the list. He's the more likely trade candidate. Now, he won't likely get very much in return, but could be part of a trade. uh, Say they're looking to trade for Yannick Ngakwe. Let's just throw that out there. Uh, If they send Murphy back to the Jaguars so that they still have a pass rusher, it solves the problem of Buffalo's salary cap space. Like, I mean, you could see him being part of a trade, especially if they're going to just release him or if they're planning on releasing him at the end of the summer. So if they get, you know, a stud pass rusher at pick number, I don't know, 45, say they trade up and get a pass rusher at 45, they may see Murphy as expendable and, trade him as part of a different deal later in the week. So there is an article up at buffalorumlinks.com with those three guys um, as potential trade bait uh, for use during the 2020 NFL draft. I think most of the time fans over overestimate what value players can get back. Um, you know, if Jadevian Clowney is getting a third round pick, I don't see any way that Jerry Hughes is going to be getting a third round pick in return. Uh, just because they're so much different in age. You know, Hughes in his mid-30s and Clowney in his, what, mid to late 20s. So right in the prime of his career. A few quick words uh, about the rest of the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. First, uh, if you haven't yet, you can ask Google Home or your Alexa to play the Buffalo Rumblings podcast and you can hear us on those devices so give that a shot next time you're you know, making dinner and you want to listen to Buffalo Rumblings. Uh, also we've got a ton of NFL draft coverage on the podcast network that you guys can check out. Over the weekend Anthony Marino hosted Greg Thompson from Cover One, Joe Marino from uh, Locked On Bills, the Nick and Nolan Show guys. We're all with Anthony to talk about the 2020 NFL Draft, and it's a megapod that came out over the weekend. You should definitely go check that out. It's an hour and a half of just NFL Draft nuggets and goodies. So check all that stuff out on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. <laughs>
0: 2020 NFL
1: Draft is finally here. As the draft is going on, make sure you're sending in your questions to us to answer them the following week, uh, the week after the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, we've got to answer questions on prospects, questions on how they fit into the team and the Buffalo Bills depth chart. 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at Rumblings q and Email us at SBNation.com. You can send us Facebook messages or Instagram messages. Leave comments in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. There's just a ton of ways to get a hold of us after the Bills take the newest members of the team this week.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself.